Welcome, everybody. It's Father Dave here. And it's good to be back for the second week of Lent. Who are you? <laughs> I really thought you forgot for a second, but I realized I did not introduce myself. My name is Mr. Costa, part of Locust and Wild Honey. <laughs> John's turning over in his grave thinking that we're using that name. Hey, did you like the song I sent you this week, the Locust and Wild Honey song? <laughs> Guys, I, I, I almost... I, I don't even know what happened. I, I almost had a near heart attack. He sends me this song that he says, oh, I got a great song for the podcast for the opening. And it's this like 70s hippie oh. kind of religious song. And there's nothing worse than 70s religious hippie music. Yeah. And the name of it was Locust and Wild Honey. <laughs> yeah. You can't make it up. And you would want to walk in the other direction. They used to be... I actually wasn't sure, gang. I wasn't sure it was that he was good, actually huh? serious. So I had to actually make sure that I questioned him, did you do this? <laughs> and I replied, I could not write anything that bad. It would really be hard to do. There used to be a, sh a radio show called Car Talk. I don't know if you ever listened to it. Now, you're big into cars. We haven't spoken about cars much Cars on the podcast. But it was called Car Talk. It was on NPR, mm. these two guys up in Boston. And they were really they knew a lot about cars. One of them passed away, unfortunately. But in the when they would go to commercial break or sponsor break on NPR, they would um, play these really horrific car songs that people <laughs> recorded. And like you're listening to them thinking somebody couldn't have possibly made that up. Like they, they're cringeworthy, just like the song I sent you. <laughs> You know what also was cringeworthy? What's that? Having to listen to my own voice. Oh, you don't like that? No. And then when, when we now you know do... we all feel. <laughs> but when I had to do the school reach, oh. like, every I had to, I had to do that recording mm -hmm. so that everybody kind of knew that what we were kind of doing for Lent. And do you know that like the spirit of me ripping you like the. That has become the spirit of campus ministry because it's true. I had certain students come into uh, to my office today going, hey, you know what was pretty interesting yesterday? You know what was kind of a highlight for my day? Listening to this crazy message, and then they start playing my recording, and I, I, I almost... Did you rip me on that recording? No, I didn't rip oh, you. Oh, okay, because I didn't hear it. No. <laughs> okay. It wasn't It wasn't worth anything. You didn't, didn't miss anything. Gotcha. Yesterday was the 41st anniversary of the U.S. Olympic hockey team beating Russia in the, in the Olympics in 1980 up at Lake Placid. Nice. And I'm going on record, and I've said this to you before, this is yes. the greatest sporting event that has ever taken place, will ever take place, and if anybody doesn't agree with me, I'm going to fight them. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's that special. I was, I was very tired last night. I was doing a lot of work, and I just needed to veg. The, I was watching Allen the game. That ended. And uh, so I went to YouTube, and I was just watching the highlights from that game. Yeah, the high. Oh, man. I can't stop tearing when you watch it. I, well, I haven't even seen the movie that they made. The movie was good. Yeah? It was very good. Yeah. I, I will respect. That's a great achievement, and I am not going to deny that that is a great sports moment. Is there going to be a fight here? There is going to be a fight here. This and might guys, be I'm the really, last I'm, episode. I'm, I'm, I'm quite nervous, too, because I really do believe that he would fight dirty. <laughs> like, he's the guy that would throw dirt in your eyes, yeah, you probably. know, and then kick you when you're down, the whole nine. But I, I'm just thinking right off the bat, and just because I hate the Yankees, I would definitely say 2001, you know. Oh, the World Series? The World Series. That was a great moment. Uh, oh man, you got me all discombobulated on the discombobulated on the spot. Yeah, and I wasn't really asking for your input on this. I was just telling <laughs> you what the greatest sporting event ever was. 
you 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 can't make it up. No, guys, he actually is. He's going. He's he's going spontaneous right now, and I have no response this quick. <laughs> I'll but, I'll make sure that I get him next week. Yeah. <laughs> when we get to the Bible stuff, you'll win. <laughs> Speaking of which, I I read these readings this week, mm. and in in preparation, just as I know you have, and we were talking about it a little bit beforehand. And they really are, you used the word rich before. They are really a rich set of mm. readings. Um, but I, I, and I've taught a lot of these readings. I teach scripture here. And um, well, really quick, Rich, just so uh, all of you have an understanding of, uh, of what the readings are for this upcoming week. Uh, and there are so many different resources, uh, mm. the USCCB, yep. uh, the Catholic Bishop's website. Magnificat, we Magnificat, were talking about last week. Uh, Word on Fire. You can get, uh, there are so many different Catholic websites where you can get the upcoming readings for this Sunday. But just to give you a brief synopsis, is, uh, from the first reading of the book of Genesis will be the story of Abraham uh, being asked by God to sacrifice his son. Isaac. How do you think that went down that morning? I think... Isaac, do you want to go camping? <laughs> I definitely think that Isaac had to see long-term therapy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, good, Dad. Let's go camping. Awesome. Go get the knife. <laughs> no, the bigger one. <laughs> the second reading comes from uh, a reading of... Uh, it's a reading from St. Paul to the Romans. And Romans is a, a, a beautiful book of, it's really the synopsis of all Paul's readings. Um, and that's a, there's a beautiful, there's beautiful insights in that reading. And then you have the gospel uh, where it's Mark's account of the transfiguration where Jesus takes Peter, James, and John uh, up the mountain and he's transfigured. And when he is transfigured, Moses and Elijah appear before him. And they, we, we've talking about this a little bit beforehand. Some of the things that stuck out to, to us, and you've probably noticed this um, at home as you've gone through scripture. You could read the same reading a lot of times, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, you just a word catches you yeah. that you've never noticed before. And what's the implication of that, or how is it uh, meaningful in my life right now? And and one of the things that I noticed in the the first reading from from Genesis is. God calling Abraham, and Abraham saying, "Abraham saying, here I am." And I had noticed that I'm virtually sure it happens in the garden with Adam, um, and it happens later on with Moses. Mm. You know, and it's not a a matter of location, which I always thought it would be, and I always found it rather comical. And and not that I really thought the translation from the Hebrew was meant to be that. My own warped mind, I found it was funny. It's like the omniscient God that knows everything, but we have to then tell him where we are. Oh, here I am. I don't think I ever consciously thought it was that. Like you won on a game of hide and seek. Or yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're it. But I was going through, there's a, there's a fantastic uh, work out there uh, called the Jerome Biblical Commentary. Everybody's, anybody's looking to do a little bit of a deeper dive into Scripture, um, that is, it weighs a tongue. I made the mistake today. I went home from work and laid in the bed to read it, and it was like, I was, it was like doing a bench press. I was trying to hold <laughs> it above me to read. This book is so huge. Is it, has it got to be easily a thousand pages? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and Ray Brown, the theologian, uh, scripture scholar, did so much of it. But regardless, one of the points that it made is that, that here I am, Lord, is more of a, of a signal that I am totally here. 
like I am paying attention to you, you have my full presence, my full humanity, um, saying, saying to God, it's not just that I'm in your presence, but I am totally with you. Mm. You know, not which, just physically. Not just physically, yeah. Like yeah. emotionally, mm-hmm. psychologically, completely in the moment. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and and I, that that really struck me even more than the story because it, it really from from twenty first century years or fifteenth century years, however far you want to go back, that's this is a tough story to understand if if we took it on a literal level. Yeah, you know, and I've heard things too that it's really an admonition against child sacrifice, which had been kind of going on at the time, not not as much among the Jewish people, but some of the uh, the tribes in the area. Uh, but but taking all that aside and 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 that type of study, um, just Abraham's total presence, which if you think about his life, it is really fascinating. He had that that trek from where he was born in Ur, which is, I think is where Iran is now, all the way over to um, where where he was promised, just going by God's promise. So he's almost saying, "Here I am," but but his whole life had been a witness to that. Yeah, yeah, and I love how. Abraham, because he is the father of faith, uh, where where God had really tested him so much, he said, "Hey, leave your homeland, leave your mm-hmm. family, leave all that you know, and journey into this foreign land by yourself." Um, his Abraham's encounter with with God, he, he had to be a, a very deep, impactful one because. He gets up and he goes, and he is our father in faith for that very reason. He, he has this encounter with God, and then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what, what all the dangers that lie ahead mm. that he's aware of and that he's not aware of mm-hmm. in this journey that God is going to call him to. And he goes out with Sarah and, and follows the Lord's call. I was going to bring up the the Sarah part of it too, because even his his marriage was part of this, you know, yeah. God promising children and you know waiting for a long time before that happened. And it's it, it, the chapters preceding this in Genesis are, are really fascinating. The ones after Noah, but before we get to this, uh, you know, the story of Abraham and and Sarah and and their name change is 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 fascinating about his faith. It's very yeah, it's very important. He provides for us Abraham a beautiful example of how to stay in the moment, in the present moment in our lives, in his connection with with God, <clears throat> and, and provides for us no matter if it's good time, a good season of the life, mm-hmm. of your life, or a bad season. Um, and I think we could say that this is a moment where he's got to be questioning himself. Oh, God. Um, especially, like, being taken out and all the hardships, having been sold to the Egyptians... Uh, leading up to this point and having to go, I mean, things taken away, things given back, the, his livestock and, and all of his wealth being taken away, and then it being given back to him, mm-hmm. and his wife being taken away at one point, and he, the journey is quite incredible, very difficult. Yeah. Uh, and yet we have this moment where, as you were talking about before, where it was the custom in the neighboring villages and, and town amongst what we would consider, what he would have probably considered pagan right. land, where there was child sacrifices. Mm-hmm. And so Abraham is probably ascending Mount Moriah thinking, you're just like everybody else. You're, you're, you know, That's a great point. You're you know, probably saying, God, what, 
you're just like everybody else. You're mm -hmm. just like all these other gods mm -hmm. who are calling for this child sacrifice. I thought you were different. I thought you were greater. And yet he, he still ascends with that, that hope and that faith that it will be different. And as the story goes, you know, it, he, right before Isaac is to die, he saves, he saves Isaac from that. Yeah, and the other, the other thing that struck me in, in reading it is how much of a foreshadowing it is of God the Father actually sacrificing his son. Yes. Yeah, and, and that is what, and this is to be that, that foreshadowing. This, this is right here, because I don't know if many people know this, but in it, this very mountain that, that Abraham is climbing, Mount Moriah, is the same mountain that Jesus climbs on Calvary. And oh, so, no, I didn't know that. So try so, outside Jerusalem? Yeah, so I so, did not know that. Yeah. Well, Jerusalem wouldn't have been around at Abraham's time, but right, I, but, I hear what you're saying. But the land, but the land of Moriah, the same, the same mountain that Abraham is called to climb and sacrifice his son, hmm. is the same mountain that uh, Jesus climbs. This it's the same territory that Jesus climbs on Calvary. I did not know that. Yeah, so not only does. Uh, the the foreshadowing come true but jesus takes care of that sacrifice and that mm -hmm. offering on the very same spot that abraham's faith <clears throat> was was re was revealed purified and, and deepened uh, and shown as a great example yeah uh, and really that the faith that abraham has on that spot mm -hmm. is the very faith that we're called to have in christ crucified you know? Yeah, it, it's such yeah. a dramatic story. It's such a visual story, and it's hard not to look at it like, "What are you guys doing?" Right. You know, and right. I think it, that I appreciate even the ability for my own edification to have this conversation to see something a little bit more in it and not be put off as much by the immorality of how we would view the story if taken on a literal level. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And. One of the things, too, I think we just have to focus on quickly is that because of his fidelity of faith to the Father, God promises that he would make his descendants as numerous yep. as the stars, stars in the sky. Yep. <clears throat> Which he did. And he did. Now, here's the thing. Did Abraham see all of that in fruition? I can't imagine that he could even have imagined it. Right. And... and, and and he probably didn't even understand what that meant. No. He would have thought that probably Isaac was going to have many children. Yeah. And and that his his legacy would live on, but it was the legacy of faith. You know, being the father of of faith in Yahweh that we're really talking about here. That's a really interesting question you pose because from their perspective of uh, of time and that do you see the the thing that landed on Mars last week? No. There was a NASA or somebody, I'm not sure it's NASA anymore, had launched something and it landed on Mars. And there's been a few of these, like a rover that's going around taking oh. pictures, you know? And I'm looking, I'm thinking, oh, that's cool. But it almost taken it for granted. Like we, yeah. we could look, I could, you know, put on this laptop right now what it's looking like in Mars right now. Um, and it's only been recently in human history that we've even had a sense of the world around us, should the Earth, forgetting about Mars for a second, but the Earth, the, right. the diversity, the Earth, the amount of people on it, what would that have been like for Abraham, who's coming from that tiny place um, yeah. in, in Mesopotamia? 
I will make you as numerous as as the stars. That that probably he would have understood the stars, mm-hmm. but as, as far as the people on the planet, he couldn't have had a sense of how big the planet was. Yeah, yeah, right. And I think for for us to to understand that when when the Father asks us, when God the Father asks of us something of us, and to just have faith and fidelity to Him, no matter what circumstances we're undergoing, that there will be an abundance of blessings that follow, blessings that in our lives that we could not even begin to comprehend. Yep. And I think we've even alluded to that in past conversations, the the, the struggles that we're having at the present time, we don't realize until afterwards what they are doing to us Mm. in in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that what we encounter in Abraham's the strength of his faith mm-hmm. is his very kind of opposite of from what you were saying as far as <clears throat> how he said, here I am. Like, I'm completely present, Lord. Mm-hmm. What is it that you want from me? I think that's completely different mm-hmm. than what we experience from Peter in the gospel. From Peter, absolutely. Peter, I think, has made himself the head of the party planning committee. <laughs> Yeah, it's like my man. Yeah, Jesus is literally transfiguring himself. He is dazzled out. Yep. And Moses and Elijah are there. They just kind of appear. Yeah, and it's like you just just sit down for a moment yeah. and take this in. <laughs> and I and that's the more I learn about Peter, the more I love Peter because I I see myself in him and like the ridiculous notions that go through my head, but. Forget about Jesus for a second. Uh, Moses and Elijah are, are, are back after having been dead for a, a long time, <laughs> right. and the first thing he thinks of is, oh, let's get them a tent. He's like, <laughs> yeah. wait, why would they need a tent? They've been dead. <laughs> like, whatever you're seeing now is not, I don't I want to say it's not real, it's real, but it's it's not like they're they're living where they need to be sheltered. I feel like it was one of those moments where Peter started talking, and as he was talking, he was like, I can't take this back. <laughs> You ever have those moments? Well, I have it every day. That's the thing that's more and more I love Peter. <laughs> but you're it's like, why am I saying these words now? <laughs> but your 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 point on that is is well taken. He is kind of concerned about those externals. Yeah. And she's going like, dude, just take it just, in. Just take it in. Yeah. And and really what he's asking Peter, James, and John to take in, he knew, Jesus knew how difficult the crucifixion was going to be for them. And Peter, James, and John are that inner circle, the inner, yeah, inner yeah, circle. Right. And he wanted them to just have that experience. Because as they, as, as Mark says, they, had, they were questioning, what does it mean to rise from the dead? Because we take resurrection for granted because mm-hmm. we live... That's, that's a good point. ...post-resurrection. Yeah. They had no clue what that meant. What does it look like? What's it going to be like? Yeah. How is it going to affect me? Is it going to, is it going to be me? If Jesus, you come back from the dead, what will you look like? Right. That has to be the question. It going has ahead. to be. And so, like, the three of them, Jesus gives them... See, he, right? It, like St. Paul says, he, he, God will never give us anything he will never allow anything will never permit anything in our lives that will crush us Mm -hmm. and so he knew that without this little nugget of grace to be able to witness the resurrection uh, in the transfiguration that that would be the very grace they needed to overcome dealing with good friday Mm -hmm. and seeing him die 
And he just... And it was still a struggle for them. And it's... Right. We'll talk about that more when we get into right, Near, near Easter. But yeah. Yeah. But like... But I think that's important. And this is probably a theme that I have beaten time and time again. But just being present in the moment. Mm-hmm. How many times do we get wrapped up? And and I put myself in this because this is a this is I think one of the sh- most difficult struggles in the spiritual life is stay present in the moment, mm-hmm. <clears throat> not to allow, not to allow the, uh, the, f- the 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 insecurities of the past to to haunt us and to stay fixated on what has happened in the past, and to not give in to the anxieties of the future of of well, what college am I going to go to? Yeah. Or what are my grades going to be like? Or, oh my goodness, my hair doesn't look good today. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I, it's just live in the moment. And, and like, because like I say, right? And they probably, all they, they probably just make fun of me at this point, the students. The zombie apocalypse could happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So why worry Might be about over. things in the future? Yep. Right. So it's just to stay present is the most difficult thing. And and I think I think the very solution to that is to just keep our eyes fixed on the Lord. Now, whatever, I, I mean, let's let's give some practicals to that. What does that mean in our life to just kind of keep ourselves fixated, our eyes fixated, our soul fixated on the Lord? I, I think for one, it's it's being connected in prayer mm-hmm. at different moments. I, and that, that, that memory that comes from prayer. And we were talking about this a little bit on the, the last podcast about even like a prayer during the day, taking a moment to kind of reconnect yourself. I also think it, one of the, the practicals for that is even just stay present in a conversation. And I, I, and I feel so ridiculous saying that because you've talked to me a million times here and I'm doing five <laughs> things at once and the phone's ringing and I'm looking at a computer screen as a student in the office. Gang, you have no idea. I was really looking to embarrass him at, at Mass at St. Joseph's in Babylon. <laughs> he told me that he, he well, he, uh, he he gave me... I suggested. Yes, he suggested that he might be coming to Mass over the weekend. And I said, oh, I'm going to start my homily by calling him up to see if he had any deep insights about the gospel. And then I was going to rip the mic out of my out of his out of his hands, and then tell him to sit down. Nobody wants to listen to him, only because I know he never listens to me. But it's true; he never really is listening to me. And unfortunately, I went to a different parish this this week. And when I when I text Father Dave and ask him what mass he's doing, he always thinks it's because I want to go. I just want to <laughs> know what masses to avoid. It's enough here. But anyway, back to that that presence of of just of just the conversation. Yeah. And that one of the I don't know if you feel the same way. One of the there's a lot of gifts about working with with high school kids, um, but one of them is you can't be phony. They they no, and I'm sure we were the same when we were that age. Yeah. Kids spot phoniness in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. And if you're not if you're not paying attention, I don't know if they're necessarily going to call you out on it. They might some of the courageous ones, which I love because I'll laugh. Yeah. Because um, you're I say oh yeah you're right, but but most of the time they're just not going to come back. You know, if they yeah. feel they're not worthy of, of right. your attention or um, or if I'm checking my phone while I'm talking to you or something right. like that. Um, but that's where I think this this presence can start is in just in those everyday activities. Mm-hmm. And then theologically, um, it works perfectly because if we could see Christ in others, then we're giving Christ yeah. our, our attention as well. I, and I, I, I know I am a morning person, so this is a little bit easier for me to say this, but I think there is a lot of value to it. 
in order to stay present and to stay centered, I think one of the other things is to make sure that we're allotting ourselves the time in the morning uh, to have a peaceful encounter with the day, to embrace the day. I think... I think when when we allow ourselves that extra even 15 minutes to kind of unravel the day the, the start of the day with with some prayer uh, whether it is just kind of reading some of the scriptures or just allowing our 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 soul to connect with the Lord to start the day it it centers us it grounds us and and, and instead of waking up like the Tasmanian devil mm-hmm. and just ripping through life to get to either school or work or whatever it is we have to do. We're just, we're creating hurricanes and tornadoes ripping through our life and others' lives. I was going to say pulling others with us. Yeah. I have to say that's probably one of the biggest, most profound changes I've made in my life in, in the last few years um, by taking that those those moments in the morning and, and, and sometimes they're fruitful, and you can go on reading forever and, and thinking and, and really trying to listen to God more mm-hmm. than anything. Um, some days it's not. It, some yeah. days it could be dry, and like you kind of feel like you're going through the motions, like I've read this before. But the graces that it brings over, over the long term are, are phenomenal. You yeah. know? And, and, and we know our lives. It might be the only time you get to pray all day. Right, right, Exactly. Yeah, uh, there's a there were great uh, one of the other great resources that I absolutely love is um, uh, I forget the uh, her name but she wrote Jesus Calling. Mm-hmm. They're they're like daily devotionals. Okay. And so you know, 365 yep. days you, mm-hmm. you get uh, or some of these like uh, I have this men's journal that gives you just a a brief scripture passage and they'll tie like a brief storyline. Sometimes they'll relate a movie or a book to it uh, a different theme and they'll connect it just to sum it up as one brief kind of nugget of thought for the day and you know what sometimes it's just for that moment but sometimes when i read those things in the morning it's amazing how two hours later i'm encountering somebody or that something's happening in my life that directly relates to the passage that will come back to you if that's not God speaking to me at that right. moment, you can't call that a coincidence. You know, I think some of this harder presence is, and I, I assume it's the same in a rectory. I have a sense it is, or, or a monastery, but, but, but definitely in a family, to be present to family members, because I think it's more easy to put aside their wants and needs um, mm. than, than anyone else's because of that just being, being comfortable with them. Yeah, you know, and and that's a great place even to start this being present. Yeah. You that's, know, that, what are their that, wants and needs? What am I missing? What am mm-hmm. I just not really listening? And I am so implicated by implicating myself by saying that. You know, it's very it's a very difficult thing. Because, yeah, yeah, because I'm so ready to like check out. Yeah, you know, when I'm with my family. When I was studying for my theology degree, we were leaving the seminary one night, and uh, the I guess we had been reading Jesus. We said, "Love your." neighbor like yourself and the guy I was walking with he got to be a friend of mine he said you know that's all fine until you realize your neighbor next door who's the jerk like, <laughs> wait I gotta love him too <laughs> was he referring to you <laughs> no he wasn't but I mean, he, he certainly could have been 
but I but that's where that that presence even in our family comes because I mean you come from a large family I, yeah. I imagine that must have been crazy Different personalities at times. yeah 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 so we try not to be the preparing Peter but the present Peter yeah yeah so maybe this week leading into this Sunday's gospel and kind of going forward, that we can just find ourselves being present and finding different ways during this Lenten season to do that. If Mm -hmm. there's any particular question you have regarding being present like Abraham in front of the Lord, please uh, reach out to us if you have a question or not. Yeah, we'd love to address those. Yeah, we'll do the best we can to help you out on that journey. I'm thinking by next week, when we record next week for week three of Lent, pitchers and catchers should probably be going. Yeah, I got to look at the calendar. Not wait. Yeah, a sure sign of spring: Easter and baseball. That's it. That's no. That's no accident uh, either. God knows what He's doing. Let us just remember too that probably the greatest month in sports is happening. March. March Madness. Well, see, so you're a basketball fan, right? College basketball is great, and yeah. we'll talk about this. Yeah, well, you, you, you have to school me on that because I'm not, a, <laughs> not, not familiar. Have a great day, guys. Take Talk care. Bye.